All right, episode 56, we are live. It's going to be a good one. I feel good. I know these guys do too. We've got Jared Schwartz, Honey Mamas. We've got Joshua Linden, Bay Cities. Hello, fellas. How are we doing? How's it going? Feels fantastic. Jared, we're talking chocolate. Give us the story behind Honey Mamas, who started it, and how are you or how did you get involved? Yeah, so Honey Mama started about seven, eight years ago by Christy Goldsby. Um, she essentially had a friend who was going through an autoimmune disease and, you know, saw that all the ingredients, uh, all these foods that brought joy to her friend's life were stripped out of her diet. And so she created this super simple uh, treat that is, you know, nutritious first, but really focused on that indulgence. So fast forward, um, I joined about three years ago. Um, started in sales, became the GM, became the CEO, uh, found some success, a lot of failures, but, you know, continue to push forward and, you know, now we're, we're going even higher. Worked your way up to the CEO spot. That's kind of a cool story. We're going to get back to that. Give us uh, the, the, the sort of the, the foundation of the chocolate. Where, where is it coming from? Where do you produce it? I think you guys even produce it in your own facility. Give us a little bit of, of that context. Yep, so we're actually not even a chocolate bar. Um, the FDA says you gotta have 5% cocoa butter to be considered chocolate. Um, we have zero cocoa butter. So our bars are made with four key ingredients. It starts with raw honey as a sweetener. Uh, it's got a cocoa powder. It's gonna have coconut and then a little bit of pink Himalayan salt. So, you know, we're making this fudge brownie cookie dough type texture thing that's refrigerated. It's super healthy, made here in Portland, Oregon, with a factory of about 35 people in it. If you've ever had this, uh, anybody out there, uh, it is unique. I mean, um, I'm not a big sweets person. I, I talk about that often. Um, I, I like to take my sugars in um, sort of on a disciplined route. Um, oftentimes, it's actually post-workout. There's a little uh, value add for you folks, post-workout, uh, with a little protein. I take a protein shake, and then I like to take in sugars, and I can take them through something like Honey Mama. So um, give us maybe the breakdown there, since it's not considered chocolate, which, again, though, you would agree, it, it has a chocolate uh, taste to it, right? So immediately someone's like, oh, this is a chocolate bar. How do you differentiate that then in the marketplace? What do you, what's a key, key factor there? Yeah, I mean, I think us being in the refrigerator is a key factor. So, you know, we call the product a cocoa truffle bar. Um, and so it's kind of likened to truffle, likened to brownies. Um, but once again, rooted in that uh, indulgent side of uh, what's going on. And so we essentially um, are going to be sitting next to Perfect Bar. We're going to be in the dairy dessert case. Um, you know, we're not competing against, you know, the 400 chocolate bars that are in the chocolate aisle at the grocery store. Yeah, that's, uh, that does make the difference. And, and I can see it there, especially because of what you've, um, you know, you sent, sent some to me. And so I threw them in the fridge and I was kind of uh, getting at it each day. Give us some of the flavor profiles because that immediately was something I, I said, oh, this is very, very different. Uh, give, give the viewers the, the flavor profiles and how you come up with those. Yeah, so we got uh, bestseller, Lavender Red Rose. It actually has rose petals sprinkled on top of the bar. Um, we've got Oregon Mint, we've got Peruvian Raw, we've got Maya Spice. So there's nine flavors all together. Um, it's really from the founder, Christy. You know, it's playing in the kitchen. It's what she likes. 
you know, we just released a tahini tangerine, which is actually, um, you know, it's got this peanut butter type creaminess to it, but it's made with tahini. So it's actually not uh, anti-inflammatory. It's really in that health lane to support that wellness. Um, so if it tastes good, we're going we're gonna to make it. That's kind of where we're at. Give us the, the lay of the land as far as production. If somebody had no clue what it looked like going into your facility, how does it get made? Who's standing there as far as the line with regards to packaging in the sort? Give us sort of, give us sort of that layout. Yep, so you're gonna walk in, there's gonna be a whole ops team management, X, Y, and Z. When you get onto the pr production floor, it starts early in the morning, about five in the morning. We've got mixers that are mixing up giant doughs and the honeys and the oils and everything. It goes through an extrusion process where we've got a couple of extruders extruding bars. Um, at that point, we have to temp down. So we're gonna actually freeze the product there and then pull it back out to the packaging line. So we'll have anywhere from 10 to 25 people on a packaging line. We hand wrap all of these bars. So, you know, we're producing roughly 15 to 20,000 hand wrap bars a day. Um, a lot of people, a lot of labor love, um, but it really translates a lot with kind of product quality. And we actually have a new bar coming out that's half the size and that's gonna be machine wrapped. So a little bit more on the go, a little bit more scalability to it. Uh, super excited about it. That is pretty cool. And yeah, uh, 15,000 hand wrapped is, is unique. Uh, that's for sure. Let's talk distribution. Um, where can someone find these? What were the first steps for distribution? Again, you're talking refrigerated, so there's already a step that needs to be placed in there. Um, that's, you know, then that's different than the norm. Uh, let, let's talk distribution. So give us a little layout there. Sure. So I actually started at the farmer's market. So hyper-local company here. Um, great platform if, if anyone's looking for a good place to start. But started off regionally, got into new seasons, market of choice, all the natural stories through the P&W. Um, moved down the West Coast and then headed East. So now we're in roughly 3,000 doors, um, you know, pretty well saturated through the natural specialty markets. We're not in Whole Foods Global, but we're working on it. Um, you know, and then we've started to get into some of these conventional lines as well. So Fred Myers, Wegmans, uh, so on and so forth. And, and for us, you know, we really want to be, you know, part of the mainstream consideration for confectionery. So, you know, we've got this hyper healthy, hyper delicious uh, kind of next level product in our opinion that we want to get to as many people as possible. So we're going to do that through mass club, more conventional, more natural, and really focus on that uh, distribution growth. That's a great comment. I also like the comment about how it was started as far as farmer's market. I talk about it often, you know, as far as there, there's, a hundred ways that you can start a food and beverage company. Um, everything in the middle, and then there's the two sides. One is just slow, slow growth. Started at a farmer's market, you know, you're packing it yourself, you're selling one, you're selling five, you're selling a hundred, and you're just bringing in the cash. Then go to, you know, your local market. You know, everybody has one, the five local grocery stores in their area. Maybe like you, it was concentrated on natural because it is a little bit of a premium product. I just think that there's, there, there's so much goodness in that and validation that you need from that before you go and start trying to ask people for money. You know, you're asking your mom, hey, can I get $5,000? Like, forget all that, right? Go and find out if you actually have, have something viable and then go from there. 
Um, and so I think this is a perfect example of how that can be done and how it's been built. Let's talk about money now. Uh, I think you guys just uh, completed a raise. Who was it with for how much since I think it's disclosed? And you know, if you don't mind, what do you think were the key elements that you were able to provide that closed that? I think a lot of people would like that. Well, how did they close? How did they raise? How did they do that? How did they get that? You know, it's just this. Maybe give us some of that. Sure. So uh, the round was led by Amber Stone. Um, it was a four and a half million dollar uh, equity round that came in from them. Uh, previously, we'd raised a convertible note. So the entire Series A came in in about 5.8 million. Um, you know, as you alluded to, we spent a lot of time. You know, we, we did a lot of proof points. This was not like we decided to fundraise and next week we got it done. You know, this was years in the making of saying, what do we need to focus on? How do we need to prove out product, company, management, people? Um, and we continue to just hammer on that every quarter. So we, we really have this data story and proof point that not only did we know as a management team what was going on, but we had a product that was working in the, in the market and in the field that we're looking to expand into. Um, you know, fun, fundraising through COVID was uh, an experience in itself. You know, I was sitting at our receptionist desk on Zoom calls trying to, you know, paint pictures of the future. Um, but, you know, I think that it's testament to Amber Stone. And they, you know, really saw the opportunity and how we we're going to measure our partnership over the next couple of years, not the next couple of months. And when you have a partner that's that committed and, and sees what we're doing here, you know, you just got to make sure that you're continuing on the, the checks and balances to get to the finish line. Yeah, Nick, uh, Nick's over there, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, from Marin. Um, that's, I like that a lot. Um, and what I liked a, a lot about it is actually when you were saying it, just so you know, in it's, I can feel it. I can hear it and I understand it because I'm doing it right, meaning I, I'm, I'm in the same thing that you're doing. But it doesn't matter. This is literally for anybody who's even in early stages. And I need to be reminded of that too, which means everybody would need to. It's such a long process, right? Someone even like myself, I'm so like, I like to move fast. And it, it doesn't work like that, especially for let's say an A round. You're talking about a lot of money and nobody just writes you a check. Um, even the players that are out there, may, yeah, may, you know what, let me, let me pull that back. There's a couple caveats, you know, somebody who's seasoned, they've have a track record, they know people and all that every so often they're going to get a check written on an idea. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's cool. Whatever. That's just such an anomaly. Don't pay attention to those stories. They're, they're just far and few between the ones you pay attention to are these. Mm -hmm. You had to show something over a long period of time. This, this company didn't start yesterday, it started eight years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And you get sort of comfortable with some conversations. Those people are like, ah, I don't know. You got to do this. You got to do that. I think there's so much validity to, to that and the commentary around it. You know, what, what, I mean, I almost want you to transition back right now. Like, like go in on that just for a minute. What, you know, you're talking about a long period of time, you're dating someone, right? Let's date, let's go out for a while, get some, you know, get some cocktails, you know, let's do that. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, and I think it's consistency, right? So it's like understanding, you know, what that partner is looking for. You know, it's this dating things that it's a good analogy, right? You can't just kind of come in and be boastful on what you want. You got to really understand what that partnership is and understand where they're coming from, what their outlook is, what their past experiences is, 
what's your outlook, right? Because when you take on a sizable amount of cash, you know, outlooks change, you know, expectations change. Um, so everyone's got to be on the same page from the get. And then as you move through that relationship development, it just, it's either going to strengthen or it's going to weaken, right? And you're going to know that and everybody's going to know that. So just being really honest about that, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket either and kind of continue to work on building those relationships as, you know, now we've got a you know, great board, great leadership team in place. And it, it really just strengthens that everyone's on the same page and we're all working towards, uh, you know, the same goals. Well said. Love that a lot. Uh, we don't, we, we talk about it uh, sort of uh, sometimes on the show, depending on who, who the guest is, but you just completed it and you just said some really, really important points and, and, and I appreciate that. Um, let's talk about how the business looks right now. Um, it, you can even talk a little bit about direct-to-consumer if there is at all or if there are plans to. Again, it's so much more difficult because of the cold element, right, the refrigerated element. The one, one lucky side is it is small, compact, right? Um, so you could do some cool things there, but just give us distribution today in the business, October 2020, uh, and if there's plays for direct-to-consumer and how that looks. Sure, so you know some of the key players, uh, Natural Grocers, New Seasons, Air One, pretty much any of these mid-sized mid uh, natural stores, Fred Meyer, Wegmans, uh, we have a store locator on our website if you want to check it out if you're looking for a store near you. Got to plug that real quick. Um, but DTC is a great question. So COVID came on, you know, I have a, a kind of mantra, meet the consumer where they are and sell them more of what they want, what they don't want. And so, you know, people really want this nourishing, uh, bright moment in their day and they don't really want to leave their homes. So we've activated some DTC um kind of fulfillment strategies so we've added to the team here to help drive that with some more expertise um we're actually launching on amazon later uh later this quarter which is really excited um and then also building out some new kind of marketing plans to really help drive dtc into next year's business plans awesome i really like that um in closing i think it's a a, a nice one let's talk about um, Amberstone's going to want you to confirm this too. You better, you better be nailing these. Um, what does next year look like? Give us 12 months from now. Uh, you know, I, I, I go lean into that positivity thing. Um, you're on the West with us, but you know, things are kind of opening back up a little bit. Uh, still some stuff to get through, but there is a sense of, of open opening happening, right? Um, you can see it kind of, even if you walk through a grocery store, there's a little less of the anxiety mass on and all that, but a little less of the, the rush through, which is good. Um, I think, uh, it gets back to trial. Um, and so what is, what is, uh, October 20, 2021 look like? Good question. I mean, obviously taking over the world with honey mamas is probably, <laughs> so, um, you know, it goes back to what you know, what I was mentioning earlier, you know, we just want to get this product into more people's lives. You know, we really do believe we can have a positive impact um, in the conversation of food. You know, if you haven't had any mamas, it tastes just kind of next level. It's this fudgy thing that is super surprising, that is absolutely empowering in your well-being. Um, regardless of what happens this fall, the, the virus, you know, we want to be that moment for people where we can bring some levity and, and bring some happiness. And really enjoy the process and getting there. So from a business perspective, you know, I'm trying to double um, is what I'm working on. Um, so that just means more distribution, 
bigger marketing plans, uh, more consumer engagements, um, you know, and, and then this time next year, I'll be planning for 2022 again, uh, which is probably just more the same of what we're doing uh, this year. Good stuff. All right, Jared. Uh, Heidi Mamas, I throw it up at the end anyway. And yes, you should uh, check it out. It, it's, it is unique. It's different. It tastes amazing. Um, and you got to check it out. Josh, Bay Cities, what's it all about? Who's it for? Give us the platform. Let's go. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, Bay Cities, I mean, what we do is we help kind of connect brands and retailers with uh, corrugated packaging and displays. And I think what we do well is really kind of take a holistic approach. I mean, if you're looking at the products that we were discussing, which is something that needs to go in a refrigerator, it's like you really have to look back and make sure you understand the brand and what, where they're selling, how they're selling, um, especially when, since we work with a lot of different product uh, SKUs. And I think that really diving into, you know, the whole process of how you guys are planning to, you know, execute in retail, whether just being a brown box or, you know, retail ready package or actually being somewhere in outside of the inline case area where you're in a display or feature um, and making sure that we're providing that expertise where it's needed um, with our full solutions of, you know, capabilities, whether it's from just the design to the graphics, to the testing of those structures and making sure we're manufacturing those things correctly and then potentially providing like pack out and logistics solutions on the back end. So I think, again, it really depends on the client and their needs. I mean, really tailoring it to them and making sure we're listening to what they, you know, what the expectation is. Cause I think obviously every retailer is unique. Um, you know, being, you know, we're based out of Los Angeles, California. We also produce out of Chicago here. I'm out of the Bentonville division um, where we focus primarily on like Walmart, well, um, you know, walmart.com as well as Sam's Club. So each of those retailer or channels is provides a different uh, element of expectation, whether, you know, from packaging or displays or how it's shipped, when it ships, you know, you can really get into the nuances. And I think what we do best is really uh, manage that process from start to finish and make sure you kind of have a one-stop shop um, when it comes to your packaging displays and also the logistics aspect of it, getting it into the retailers. One-stop shop for all your packaging. The dolls in the background are not included, so don't no. ask, okay? Don't <laughs> ask. Uh, yeah. Jared, Jared, Honey Mamas, Josh, Bay Cities, info's around here. Oh yeah, subscribe. I'm to they, they told me, Lord, you, you never ask people to subscribe. I don't, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Can't you tell? <laughs> subscribe to the channel, do it, do it all. All right, fellas. Peace. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.